Happy Sabbath, Tabernacle of Praise. Happy Sabbath. I'm so glad to see you here this morning, the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us stand this morning as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing our song, Sabbath Rest. Everyone join us. We set our work aside. Set our work aside. We leave our cares together. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on, we could do better than that. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on now. Can we worship God in this space today? Can we give God some praise in this space today? That's a little weak. We're getting weak. We're getting a little weak. We're getting a little weak. Come on now. Y'all giving up on God already? Has he woke you up this morning? Did he wake you up this morning? Did he put food on your table this morning? Did he do something amazing for you this week? Amen. It is indeed a blessing and honor to be in God's house just one more time. But we serve an amazing God. You may be seated in the presence of an amazing God. We want to just take this time to say welcome to our worship experience today. We are so glad and so thankful and just so elated at the fact that God has allowed us to come into this worship experience one more time. Somebody didn't make it today. Amen. Somebody didn't make it today, but God has blessed us to be here. And we're just so thankful and so honored. And we give him praise and glory for what he has done, what he's doing, and what he's about to do to our online visitors. We want to say welcome. Thank you. Amen. Listen, we have family and friends from all over. Amen. They are viewing with us all over. Amen. And we want to just take this time and say thank you because we know that in this digital age that you can click a button and be somewhere else. 
but you have chosen to worship with us on this beautiful Sabbath morning. So we want to say welcome, thank you, God bless you, and we love you and we praise God for you. Amen. To our in-house guests and family and friends, amen. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, in the midst of the pandemic, I was really getting comfortable speaking at home in my basement. Come on, somebody. Amen. I just hit the off button on my phone, and it was a wrap. Amen. I would go slide back in my house shoes because I know, I know you had your house shoes on. Come on, somebody. I know you was viewing the service in your bed. Come on now. Can we be real in here today? You still had your PJs on. Amen. I was suited and booted, and you was relaxed and reclining. Some of us, I found out we were doing other things, but ain't calling nobody out amen but I'm just so glad that you are here amen that we can come in the house of God and we can worship and magnify the name of the Lord together because although it was getting good at home I was really missing you a whole year I preached it was a whole year I preached in the midst of a pandemic and didn't know didn't haven't seen am face amen did I say that am face am face come on somebody I ain't seen am face amen I would go to Walmart. I had to be on my best behavior, amen, because you knew me, but I didn't know you. Or you should have said, you seen my face, but I didn't know who you were. So I had to be on my best behavior while I was thumbing through the fruits and had to be careful what I was putting in my shopping cart, since the bed, because I didn't know who was coming by, trying to get a sneak peek to see what the pastor eating. Come on, you know how y'all do. Oh, see, Sister Brittany, you're laughing at me. You're laughing at me. Uh, but it's a blessing to be able to be in the house to see your face. So now when I go to Walmart, I know who shopping carts to look in. <laughs> Amen. But we are so blessed and honored to be here today. We want to thank, we do thank God for you. Um, but I do want to take a few minutes, amen, and just share with you just a couple of announcements. Um, we do have our board meeting on, amen, thank you. We do have our, our board meeting on um, this coming Monday. We want to remind you of that. Um, also, next Sabbath, next Sabbath, next Sabbath is our special concert. Next Sabbath. Amen? Amen. amen. We ought to get excited about that. We have a special, amen, a special concert that we have on next week. And then after that, the following Sabbath, our communion, our agape feast. But I want to take a pause for the call because I want to recognize a, a, a friend of mine, um, Sister Alvina, um, connected us. It's two weeks after that. Amen. I'm trying to get us there. I'm trying to get us there. Two weeks after that, the, the last Sabbath of the month, amen, we'll have our communion agape New Year in service here at the church house. Um, but we do have a guest in the house, amen. Sister Heather, could you just wave, wave your hand at us, amen. Praise God for you. Amen. I spoke with Sister Heather earlier this week, and she said that she was going to be here, amen. And she's here. Amen. I know you had a rough week. The enemy was on you. I didn't want this to happen. Uh, but we're so glad that you're here today. Amen. And we pray that you will not leave here the same way you came. Amen. Amen. But you will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. So we want to welcome you. We thank God. Can we just show some love for Heather this morning? Amen. <laughs> Four. These three, the three little girls. Three little ladies. beautiful ladies. Now, I, was, I, I waved and spoke with them. Can you just wave your hand? Amen. 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 But we praise God for you. Amen. Praise God for you as well. And then we have our, our ushers on their, on the, on their yes. posts. Amen. Holding it down. 
Young folk, young folk house, in the house, working. So all of them are not lost, amen. We do have some here at Tabernacle of Praise. So we want to encourage you. Also on January the 17th, we'll have a leadership training. It will be online. Uh, we'll get that flyer out, have it up on the screen so you will see that. Um, and before I forget, before I forget, I wrote it down here. At the end of the service, we actually, if you will stick around, at the end of the service, there is a survey. For those that didn't fill out the survey online, there's a pastor feedback survey. If you didn't feed, um, fill that survey out online or on your phone through the text message, we do have the printed version for you. If you can see Sister Brenda, Sister Elder, I mean Elder um, Harris will lead that charge um, at the end of service. Um, and so we ask that you will stick around for that. Um, do we have any birthdays? Any birthdays? I know we celebrated last week. Amen. In December. One, two, three. Three. We celebrate other hands. Amen. There's some more hands right here in the back. Sister Heather. Amen. You came right on time. Amen. On your birthday. When, when is your birthday, Sister Heather? The 20, 22nd. Amen. Amen. December the 22nd. My daughter's, her birthday is today. Amen. Amen. December 10th. So we celebrate all December birthdays and we praise God for you. Um, any anniversaries this month? Any anniversary? One anniversary. Right. How many years, Doc? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. You have to ask. Get somebody in trouble online. Amen. Oh, Lord. Don't worry about it, Doc. Y'all happy, though, right? Y'all happy. Praise God. How many years? I don't know, but we happy. Amen. We happy. <laughs> well, we praise God for you. Amen. And I did something on this here. No, I wrote down something on in, in my announcements that I want to make sure that I, I, I do. I wrote down, I said, special honors. That's what I wrote down here, Sister Christina. I wrote down special honors. And guess what? We have a special honor today. Amen. I had no idea. Huh? Yeah. We're going to invite Sister Christina to come up here. I believe today is a special day for you. Come on up here, my sister. Amen. Come on up here. And we're going to help your bride up. I want, I want, I want, I want all the world to see you. Amen. Because this is a special day for you. And I know you're supposed to be marching across the stage right about now. But you chose to come here and worship with us. God is so good. We love you. We celebrate with you. We thank God for you. And I believe God is going to do something amazing for you. I also understand you have a testimony you want to share. Hey, come on, share with us. behind it is accomplishments, earthly accomplishments, right? Yeah. I worked hard, of course, and since 2002, I've been working on my master's. But the story begins long before then. A couple of months ago, I got my cap and gown in the mail, and I had full intentions on attending my graduation, the commencement. And of course, my family 
had all planned to be there. I prayed and prayed, and I said, Lord, you know, you, you wouldn't have brought me this far to ignore the reward of walking across the stage. But a couple of days ago, my sister, my older sister Chantel called. Um, she kind of rehashed some bittersweet times in growing up. And today I wanted to publicly disclose a little bit of my story of how I made it. A lot of you have known me since I was a child, and you've known my family. But there are parts of everybody's story that goes untold. And behind the cap and gown that many of you have worn in your life, you haven't told your story. But God be to the glory this morning because I'm going to tell his story and his light in my family's life. You see, growing up in a household where there was a lot of abuse to the point where I don't even know why I'm here. I love my father. May he rest in peace. But as a child, my siblings and I went through tremendous abuse to the point where we've seen my mother raped numerous of times shotgun pistol whipped broken bones pregnant so many years of abuse but I was able to suppress a lot of the abuse coming to church every week. We didn't have running water. We didn't have a plumbing system. We didn't have a heating system. Have, I know some of you have watched the program Little House on the Prairie. Well, this was the little house on Finney Avenue. And this was life for me and my siblings. A lot of you had hard not lives. But I want to tell this story because my sister called and bless her soul. And when you guys see, even online, if you see my sister today, hug her. Love her. My older brother, and, and, and I'm going somewhere with these stories because that's not the end. My brother, Essie, wherever he is, pray for him. Because one beating we would never forget. My mom and my dad was locked in a room and my dad had a shotgun. And for hours, he had been working on my mother, beating her. And of course, we thought that would be the end of it. But my brother, throughout the night, he just couldn't take it. And in his underwear, he went to the door and he, he tried to break the door down. And my dad shot, the, shot through the, the door. Nobody knew this, you see. And he ran through the house. My dad chased him. And at this time, he was on the second floor, and he leaped off, and there must have been angels. Thank you, Lord. He leaped without any shoes off the second story banister, ran through the alley, never to come home again. This was while he was in high school. So pray for him, because he mended and reconciled with my father before he died. And my father did come to us, and he, he, um, he apologized to all of us. 
But that's not the end of the abuse, you see. My dad, I had a child at a very young age. I was 18 years old, and I had a child out of wedlock. And see, according to my father, I was going to never be anything. No one would never love me. You know, and I didn't want to prove him right, but I want to prove who God is in my life. And I continue <laughs> through the struggles or whatnot. And so I stand here today because, again, this gown tells me that I went to school and I studied, and of course I met this day with smiles. But not because of this gown, because God promised and he told me who I really is. He told me that I'm part of a heritage that will gain the kingdom if we keep our eyes on the prize. See, throughout the week, it wasn't just this accumulating event, but I told the Lord that my life is more than this black gown, that my life is more than the books that I read. My life is more than the abuse, than the success, than all the earthly gains, the house, the cars, all the clothes. Anything that this earth has given me, my life is more than that. He told me that I was a jewel. He told me he would put me before kings and queens, that I would be the head and not the tail. So as I continue to pray, continue to go through school, I I told the Lord, and I'm going to make this very short. I'm going to bring this to the end. I pray every morning, and recently, um, God has been pulling me out the bed at three, like at that fourth watch hour, and you know, we all struggle. We have family that goes through a lot of, so I'm praying at that hour, and little do I know, I, I have been praying, Lord, I'm not that type to get up in front of people or go out and just straight up witness like my sister Michelle a long time ago. She, she was powerful, okay? But I'm not like that, and I said, Lord, if you just bring people to me, And um, a couple of weeks ago at my job, I um, met a young man who had come to work on a problem at the at the where I was working, and he had disclosed he's from another mother. He's he's Caucasian, so God has no perspective of man or people, and I shouldn't either. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna hear him out. And for some reason, um, we got on to um, a conversation about him coming to the home and doing some work at the house. And I told him that I couldn't do it that evening because it begins a very precious hour, which was the Sabbath for us, and I'm a Sabbath observer. And he said, oh, you a seven-day Adventist. <laughs> See, God has a working in all of our lives, even before it becomes revealed to us. And this young man, he said that I went, I, I'm from Kansas, and um, I went to um, Beacon Light. And I was like, what, you went to Beacon Light? But yes, he went to Beaten Light, and for some reason, he strayed away, um, and he's here. And so we exchanged numbers, or he gave me his business card. But because God is pulling me out the bed in the morning to pray, to pray, and I just don't know why, this young man came to mind one morning, 
and I sent him a message. I said, Lord, you know, when we get on our knees and pray for people, people don't know that we're praying unless we let them know. Yeah. And I texted him at, at 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, I prayed for you, brother, and I'm, 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 I'm hoping that God is going to ignite a fire that will bring you back to him. And from then on, I would continue to send him messages or what have you. He never came out to the house to work on anything. We've been busy at the house. But eventually this week, when all of this is coming to um, close quarters to my graduation, turning in papers, projects, and all of that, um, he reached out to me. And this young man is going through a lot. Um, and just this morning, he reached out to me and my husband, and we prayed for him. But it's not just that story that God is bringing me to understanding that it's more than just you and your situation and your condition or whatever you have in mind, your plans for your life. This was my plan. But God says, I got something else in store for you. Not only did he bring that young man, but there's three other people that probably, and I'm praying that they will be here next week because he's using those who are willing. Because at the end of the day, it's not about this black gown because I wanted to be with my family on this day, rejoicing who God is in my life. Because at the end of the hour, God said, not only will he give you the riches of this, this life, <laughs> and his promises is true, okay? I'm, I'm a living witness. He said, I'm going to give you, instead of this black robe, okay, God, y'all got to understand where I'm coming from. He said he's going to give you a white robe. So I don't know if some of you are just waiting on this black robe. I'm waiting on when God gives me a white robe. And when he put the crown on my head, I want to have stars on that crown. See, he brings you through the turmoil that we have on this earth. For the making of a character fit for heaven and God be to the glory God be to the glory because right now I want my siblings to know that I didn't do this to prove dead wrong I did this to prove my God who he is in my life and no matter what you're going through whether it's drugs mental illness sicknesses God will take you through it so that you can put on your white robe yeah. and you will look back on this time and you're going to say it was all worth it yeah. it was Hallelujah. all worth it the pain the Thank suffering you, when you have lost so much he's going to give you you're going to gain so much more yeah. at the end of the hour so i just praise god for what he has done for me and it's truly a testament, not only for my life, but those who I want to touch and I want to hold hands when we walk through the gates yeah. of heaven. Yeah. So I want Hallelujah. you to be there with me. And we're going we're gonna to take this. We're going to take St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. We're going to take this. We're going to claim this in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, can we put our hands together again? Mm. Amen. Powerful. Thank you so much, Sister Christina. We all have a story. Don't, don't get it twisted. You're looking at the black robe. 
you're looking at the now. But you're not looking at what we've been through. Everybody have a story. And so we thank God. Amen. We got a part two. Come on. With Someone told me that um, I should have shared what I was graduating out of um, education, secondary education curriculum and instructions um, in my master's. Thank you. Congratulations. Amen. Amen. We praise God for you, Sister Christina, and your transparency. And again, for such a time as this, to let the world know it's not to prove your haters wrong, but let the world know what your God can do. That's a word, sister. That's a word. At this time, I just ask if you can bow your heads with me as I offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God. Again, we're so thankful, so blessed, so honored, so privileged to be able to open up our mouths and to bless your name. We thank you for Sister Christina, Lord. We thank you for her husband who stood by her through these difficult times. We thank you for the family. Thank you for her top family. Thank you for all of those individuals that had a hand in pouring into her life. God, now we know that you make no mistakes and you did not bring her this far to leave her, but there are greater heights that you have. And so we were asking that you would continue to hold her, continue to allow her to tell that story, that we all may tell our story. Thank you again for our family and friends that are here with us today. Bless us in this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. In light of the message that we just heard by way of testimony, you know it's Christmas season and some say we need to jump right in and just jump into the Christmas songs. But this song right now, uh, forget the Christmas uh, songs, even me is always appropriate. It's appropriate at Easter, it's appropriate at Christmas, and it's certainly appropriate today. We are praying for you. Hear this song.
even me. Even me. You know, God is so amazing. Sometimes you're just at a loss of words. You just you just stop and you think about the times when you know that you should have been taken out. You know, you should never get to the point in your life, whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian or a believer, non-believer, but you should never get to a point in your life where you forget those individuals that rallied around you to help you when you know that if it wasn't for people, you would have done something different. But I'm so thankful this morning that, that we serve a God that is real, that is intentional, that has a plan and a purpose for his children. I'm so thankful that God loves us so much that he even looks beyond our faults and he see our needs. Does it mean that it's going to be easy? Does it mean that you may not have lonely moments? But what it means is that God is still working. He's still moving. Even through the hurt. And even through the pain. So as we gather our hearts and our minds, as we approach God's thrones as always, we encourage those that choose to come close to the altar, we invite you to come at this time. We ask that you will bring your petitions and lay them at the feet of the cross. Trust that God is able to do what God is able to do. Whosoever will, whosoever will, let him come. I ask my family and friends who are viewing online, I want to keep you engaged as well. So if you can reverently kneel or grab the hand of the person who is next to you, if you're sitting next to someone, we ask that we can gather our hearts and our thoughts. And for you, who are in the physical space, if you can reverently kneel or bow your head as we approach God's throne, it's prayer time. Loving Lord, our Father, our God, King, and our Savior, we're so elated at the fact that you chose us. Nothing that we've done so special that deserve any of this, but but you look beyond our faults and you saw our needs. And because of your compassion, because of your graciousness, because of who you are, you have made a conscious decision to breathe life in us yet again. When we've walked away from you, you never walked away from us. When we turned our backs on you, you never turned your back on us. When we didn't want to speak your word, you placed your word in us. So you never gave up. You never stopped. And I'm so thankful, Father, because you never will. So as we gather, oh God, as always, we ask if you will forgive us of our sins. 
we ask, oh God, that you would cleanse us all in this place from all unrighteousness. You know what we're struggling with. You know what we're dealing with. And so we're asking that you would move mightily over the hearts and minds of your children. And that you would do what only you can do, oh God, and that is to create in us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. I ask you, oh God, that you will walk through this sanctuary. That you will let your presence be made known here today. I ask, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you will touch those that are viewing with us online this morning. That you will go in each bedroom, each home, each, each closet, whatever it is, oh God, that you will let your presence be made known. Speak now, oh God. Move in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your Shekinah glory fall down on this space today. We pray, oh God, that when we leave here, oh God, that we will not leave here the same. Lord, as we have spoken and testified and declared the greatness of our God, we thank you for loving on us and allowing us to make it through the hard times. Allowing us to make it to our destination and to be able to celebrate in the process. We thank you, oh God, for graduations. And we thank you for Sister Christina, oh God. We ask again, oh God, that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to fall upon her. Be with all of those that are celebrating today who are faced with difficult decisions. That you will do what you do, oh God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will send your Holy Spirit to be in this worship setting today. I pray for all of those that are sick and shutting in. Those that are built dealing with health challenges. Those that had a desire to be here but was unable to make it, oh God. I pray for the upcoming services, oh God. I pray for those that are battling with addictions, oh God. Those that are confused in their minds, mental health, oh God. I pray that you would do a great work today, oh God. And again, God, we would be so ever so mindful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Be with this service today. Be with the spoken word today. Continue to bless the praise team as they minister to us, the musicians, and all of our guests, family, and friends. Uh, we will be ever so mindful to give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. I give myself a direction I was going. I'm just really discombobulated up here. There's so much going on. So let's see. Where do we start? Uh, no, let's not do that. I want to do this. I want to answer back to you, Christine. Y'all need to bring those tissues on up here. <laughs> and this may be the stewardship message for today. But I was there, Christine. I was at the church you were going to. I knew your father. Well, as you talked, what I remembered, he was always smiling, always happy. Church members talked to him. And what I also remember is that you guys were always in the background. I remember the neglect. I was young. I didn't know what it looked like. But I know now, when I saw you and, and your sisters and brothers, there was neglect. 
the problem that I'm having here now is with me, but with the church. Are we watching families in the midst of abuse, criminal activity, drop dead, downright maltreatment of children, but we're focusing on, forgive me, I am a vegan, vegetarianism. We're focusing on if a woman's wearing red, but we're focusing on if her dress is too short. Are we allowing and knowing that people, I have always had a problem with this. My family was not in church, thank God, so they had a right to be who they were. But members of the church, kind, generous, thoughtful at church, and downright mean at home. I got a problem with that. You need to be who you are at church because you can't get help. No one can intervene if we don't know. It's not the children's responsibility to tell us they're they having problems. That's a hard thing to do to turn against your parents. It's our job to see it, to ask questions, to get in people's spaces, not to be afraid. And I want to apologize for my personal part, seeing it and not addressing it. And I really, really, as a stewardship leader, want to commend you. Oh my God. Yes! Let's give this girl some praise. I hope you continue to tell your story. Put it in a book. Because there are other little girls and little boys in the middle of our churches being mistreated. I believe in the standards of Christianity. But I believe mostly in kindness and love. And I strive daily to be better. You may not notice it, but I do. So, with that in mind, I'm going to try to get back on track. Try to move this back over to where I was. And I want to just, it almost seems unfair to do it, but I just have to. I want us to remember next week. We have decided that the um, thank offering for next week will go to the poor. Mm -hmm. I almost wanted to go to the abuse now, but to the poor. Elon Musk, I think that's his name, he fired 8,000 people. And after that, we've been seeing record numbers, 2,000, 1,200. Um, people are losing their jobs. Sooner or later, it's going to hit the church. I'm not the type of person who see a problem and say, oh, yeah, it's not good. No, no, no. I see a problem. I start preparing for that problem Amen. to come to my front door. So our offering, our thank offering, is going to be to put into the benevolent fund for poor. And for those who, in the midst of us, may lose your jobs or something may happen that you may need a little help from the church. Amen. If we don't have a poor fund, we can't help. We need to act before there is a problem. Amen. And now we have to do this. I'm going to read something to you. Because this is what we're doing next week. We are just going to praise God. Amen. And Christina makes that so much easier to do. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, thank you, Lord. This person could have been lost. And because she is not, because she has chosen to continue. I don't know how she did it. 
church members, we all around her and no help. So many people are bitter because we didn't vote for the same color chairs they wanted. They leave church. But when your mother and father who stands in the place of God are acting like, well, not your mother, I'm sorry, but parents, guardians, act like demons at home, how can you see God? So, because she did, I want to read this in Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Yeah, right. Praise God in his sanctuary. Yeah. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Yeah. Praise him for his mighty acts. Yeah. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Yeah. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Yeah. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that has voice praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. Thank you, Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Let the deacons come forth. Let us hold not back any praise from God. He holds back nothing from us. May the Lord bless you and all he do for you this week. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Oh, Lord, we know that Christine is just one person. There's so many out there, Father. I'm with you, Christine, and we want to claim Missouri, claim St. Louis. Help us, Father. Give us a plan and a vision and give us strength. And, Lord, as we give our feeble financial offerings to you, we ask that you would double them, bless and your blessing upon it, and change it from a, a temporary, a earthly use to a sacred use so others may be saved. In Jesus' name, we pray and praise you so much. Amen. Amen.
God is so good. He's truly worthy. He's a good God, and he's truly worthy. Amen. To be praised. Be able to magnify his name. Just who would have thought that we would have made our way here this morning to receive this type of treatment. It's just so fulfilling and so rich. You set the tone, Sister Christina. We praise God for you and your testimony. Let you know how important your story is. We all have a story. You know, I look back at my life and I say, Lord, I'm still amazed that I'm still here. But I thank God that I'm still here. You know, because you don't know when you're going through stuff that that there is something greater on the other side. All you can see is the drama that you're going through and the and and then and, and, and then to see your love your mom go through what she went through and you trying to make sense of it all and trying to understand what is going on and then you I mean I'm just encouraged by your faith and you're still in the church. And some individuals they would have thrown the towel in on God. They would have walked away. They would have you know, and some of them for a little was that, simply because someone said something about their shoes, and then you never see them again, you never see them again. In your own home, you're living in abuse, you're living in, 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 in this type of, these type of conditions, and, but yet you're still here in the house. That's a testimony of your faith and your commitment to God that you still, I'm still here. In spite of all that has transpired in my life, I'm still here. And so we thank God for you. We thank God for um, all of us that have stories such as that, that we can look back and see how um, we should not have made it. Amen. And then again, maybe some of us don't have that story. Maybe some of us we've always had. Some of us always, you know, you go to the cabinet and you lose your mind because you're struggling over what cereal box to open up. Amen. Some of us have that story where we... Well, we were so blessed. We didn't, we didn't have to worry about beans and rice. We, 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 you know, we didn't have to pick and choose. Um, but, but, but some of us, some of us got fooled off of the aroma from the house next door. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so I thank God. I thank God that I'm still here today to be able to tell my story of how good God is. Not to prove my haters wrong or to prove to them I ain't I don't prove them I don't prove nothing to my haters I don't they this is my God that I'm talking about amen and my God will use my haters to elevate me amen so if you want to talk about the haters amen that's what that's about but um, I don't prove nothing I'm not trying to show nobody nothing amen um, I can only be me and, and, and that's one thing I've take pride in, in knowing that God has allowed me to be me. So what you see is what you get. <laughs> Amen. If you can't roll with the big dogs, as they say, go on, get on out there on that poach. Come on, help, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Amen. That's what they say. Amen. Um, and so I'm rolling with Jesus all the way. Um, I can only be who I am because I don't know how to be nobody else. So, with that being said, again, we thank God for each and every one of you. If you have your Bibles with you, we do want to turn to a part of Scripture that is a very familiar piece found in the book of Romans. Um, if you can just come there with me, and this is where we'll spend 
um, the rest of our time here today as it relates to the word of God found in the book of Romans chapter 8. Uh, we'll begin at verse 31 and read all the way down to verse 39. So when you have it, um, please stand with me in honor of the word of God. If you can't find it on your phone or on your tablet, if you can't find it in the word of God in the pr printed pages, just look to the screen. Um, I, we thank God for our, tech, tech, um, our technology team, amen, our IT team. We thank God that you know, keep those words up on the screen, not just for us in here, but even those that are viewing online. We praise God for you. So as, I, as we do, as our custom, um, I'll read the first verse, and then you'll read the second, and we'll read the last verse together. The word of God declares in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 31, says that what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. So then verse 33 says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Who, who shall bring a, God, a charge against God's elect? Uh, uh, it, it is God. It is, it, it is God who justifies. It is God who justifies. Come on now. Who shall separate us uh, from the love of God? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution? Such fitting texts, am I right or wrong? Or, or, or famine or nakedness or, or abuse, amen, or, 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 or sword. Verse 36. Verse 37 says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Come on, somebody. Nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God all together, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, we just want to spend a little time on God's everlasting love. God's everlasting love. Let us pray. Father, again, we're so thankful, so honored, so blessed this morning to be able to come before you. So we're asking um, that you will speak to us through thy word, for thy word is truth. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again. God's everlasting love. As it already been evident this morning, as we heard uh, through our testimonies and through um, the just us been spending this time together, we know that God is an amazing God and that God is an awesome God and that he is able to do all things and carry us through the most tremendous, the most, the most tumultuous um, 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 circumstances that we can ever find ourselves in. God is so amazing and he is so intentional about what he do. God is very purposeful about how he plans the affairs of his children. And let's just be real in here today. 
uh, because I want us to understand that when we talk about his children, I'm not talking about the children that you know of, that are his. All right? I'm talking about his children because sometimes we figure that we know God's children. Amen. I know who your children are and you know who my children are. But let's just be real in here. You don't know all of my children. Amen. You don't know those children that I haven't introduced you to yet. So when I talk about the children of God and God's children, I'm not talking about those children that you have met in Sabbath school or those children that you have met at choir rehearsal. I'm talking about those children that you haven't met yet, those children that are still on their way to the party. Come on, somebody. And so God is so amazing and God is so awesome and God is so brilliant that he know exactly what he's doing, even when it doesn't make sense to us. If I can just help you right there, because I get it. I realize, I know I've been through some things as well. I didn't get to be where I am by accident, amen. I understand and know that God would allow you to face circumstances that, you're not, that you feel that you're not ready for. God would allow you to experience situations where you will feel as if you're not capable of handling. Come on in here, look closer, because I just want to help you through this thing called Christianity. Because God would allow you to fight, will, will, will allow you to enter into situations. He will allow you to enter into circumstances. He will allow you to witness some things that you yourself in your own strength, in your own power just cannot handle it. That's why God placed you there because God wants you to know that it's not about you anyway. That God wants you to know that it's not about your strength anyway. If I can just help you through this thing um, if I can just get you to come on with me just a little bit closer because God is the kind of God that always wants to eliminate anything that's going to get in the way of him getting the glory. Anything that's going to get in the way of him getting the glory, God is going to remove that thing out of the way, even if it means you. I know, I know, I get it. I said something there that just kind of messed you up because you know God loved us so much that he would not allow us to experience tragedy. That God loved us so much that he's not going to allow you to experience hardship. That God loves you so much that he's not going to allow you to experience difficulties. But if I could just help you out a little bit more because I get it, you want it. That's why you're here. That's why you showed up because you want to know it. You want the answer. And I'm trying to give it to you the best that I can. I just need you to open up and receive it because God will put stuff in your path that will shake you up. God will put stuff in your path that will mess you up. God will put stuff in your path that will show up in such a way that will cause you to feel as if you were left out there all by yourself. But if I could just be real here today, that God will never leave you where his footprints have not already been laid. Because God is intentional. Because God loves you just that much that he will not put you in a place that you're not able to prosper. And so here it is, we find ourselves in the text here in the book of Romans where we hear, we see here that Paul who wrote this book, uh, uh, wrote this book to the Christian church, the church in Rome, amen. Now keep in mind here, I want you to understand that when Paul wrote this letter, he wasn't in Rome. Normally when Paul write letters, he was right there with the church in like, for example, Corinthian. Uh, when he wrote the letter to Corinth, uh, 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 Paul was there with them. But this letter right here, Paul had not even met the citizens of Rome yet. 
Paul didn't know exactly who he was writing to. He didn't know exactly what the, uh, uh, the, the individual. There was no one-on-one consultation. There was no walking through the streets of Rome to kind of figure out what was going on to get some type of idea of the climate. There was no way of Paul doing that because Paul wasn't there in the city when he wrote it. But yet the words here that Paul lays down to us is to let us know as believers that when you go through stuff, amen, that you are able to go through it because you ought not to allow anything to get between you and your Savior. So one thing we understand about God's love, because see, God's love is so real. God's love is relevant in the times in which we're living in. Uh, 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 understanding that God's love is secured by the labors of Christ. Oh, yes, oh, yes, right here, right here, uh, 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 verse 31 simply reminds us that his interest in us. God has a personal interest in you. It's right there in the text. It says, what then shall we say uh, 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 that these things, if God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is with you, then why are you stressing? If God is with you and you believe that God is with you, then why are you tripping? Why are you allowing the circumstances in your life to get you to a place? Now, I know, let me just put a pause right there because I'm getting excited. I'm kind of moving ahead of myself because I have to always remember, Elder, uh, uh, that I've gone through some things, too, that I I've been through the fire and I've been through the flood. I've seen lightning flashes. I, I, I understand the hurt and the pain. I understand to get phone calls in the middle of the night when your loved one has just been laid to rest. I get that. I understand what it's like to be left out all alone, to walk through the streets with no place to lay my head. I understand that, but I'm also reminded that no matter how difficult the day may be, God said, I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. For if God is for us, then who then? Who, who, who then? Bring them on, bring them on. I don't care you call Goliath. It don't matter. Call it hardship. Bring them on. Who can be against us? But see, we have to understand, first of all, you have to believe that God is for you. See, it's one thing to read the scripture. It's another thing to believe in the scriptures. See, it's easy for me to read these words on this page and say, oh, yeah, God is for me. But then when tragedy show up, I'm like, where is God? Have you heard that before? But see, God said, I would never leave you, so I don't have to worry about if God, if I feel you, if I see you, if I smell you, if I touch you, it doesn't matter. All I know is that God got my back. So if I don't see him, it's okay. I know that he got me, got it under control. If it seems like God has abandoned me, oh, I don't feel any, any worries about that because I know God has my back. Even if it seems like everybody else in my circle has turned on me and left me all alone. All I know is, is that God said, uh -huh, that's where I pitch my tent. That's where I rest my head. What God said, not what I see, not what somebody else says, Sister Brenda, but what God said. That's where I lay my head at. That's where I walk with proud uh, 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 steps uh, because where God has said. And so he has personal interest in me. According to what we have already learned in, in, in this chapter, we understand that we are partakers of the wonderful salvation experience that God has laid upon us. God said, I'm going to give you something and I'm going to make you a, a, a co-heir with me. Uh, you don't deserve any of this. But I'm going to put your name on the line, on the dotted line, saying that you have just as much ownership in this thing as I do. Even though I'm putting everything up front. You, all you have to do is just take a seat 
at the table. So God shows interest in us. God understands that we are his children. You see, Paul's question reminds us of those things, and, 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 and it teaches us that God is infinitely interested in each and every last one of us. God cares about you. God is interested in you. He wants you. And better yet, I believe that God needs you. Not only that, but we see here in this passage uh, uh, in verse 32 uh, uh, goes on to remind us that he who did not spare his own son. In other words, he didn't even he, he, he didn't spare Jesus. Amen. He said, listen, if I'm allowing my own son to go through it, what makes you think I'm going to I'm not going to allow you to go through it? If I didn't spare him, what what make you think I'm going to spare you? He didn't spare his own son, but, but, but delivered him up for us all. Let me help you a lot along the way because you need to understand, know that what you're going through is not just for you alone. What you're experiencing is not just for you alone. What you're encountering in your world right now is not just for you alone. But there is somebody that God wants you to connect with. There is somebody that God wants you to relate to. There is somebody that God wants to lay in your path that he wants you to be of an encouragement to. And how do you do that? By going through these difficult moments. By going through these trying times. By going through these difficult moments moments. Uh, you do that by way of letting them know uh, that just like God brought me through it, he'll bring you through it too. Uh, but how can I tell that story if I'm always buckling at the knees and crying my eyes out and wondering where is God in the midst of the storms? Uh, but if I can just hold my peace uh, and let the Lord fight my battles, uh, if I could just stop long enough uh, and realize that it is Jesus uh, on the midst of the sea that is walking towards me, that he did not leave me there by myself. It is then, and only then will I be able to tell somebody else about a soon-coming Savior. It is then, and only then, am I able to tell somebody about Jesus. To let them know that just like he brought me through it, he'll bring you through it too. And matter of fact, he didn't even, he didn't even, he didn't, he didn't take, he, he didn't show any slack with his son. But he allowed him to go down the dusty streets. To be crucified. And I always say I often struggle with that because I wonder, I'm like, God, could that have been some other way? I mean, this is your son. I mean, you're God. You're all knowing. You're all wise. You have all the answers. You telling me that that was the only way for us to be redeemed? That was the only way for us to be saved? Was for your only son to be beaten and brutalized and ridiculed? You mean that's the only way? You mean there was no other way? You're the God of the universe. You're the all-knowing God. You could have even, I mean, you mean you couldn't create some other way? You see, when you understand the depth of sin, when you understand how sin is such a destroyer, you have to understand now that God has to go to the depths so that there is no place that sin can go where God has not already walked. There is no sin that you can commit. There is no tragedy that can show up. There is no disappointment that could ever happen that God hadn't already dealt with. So, yes, I would have loved for God to have taken a different way. But if that's the way of the world, oh, God, then let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Because now it doesn't matter what happens. God is able to deliver. 
No matter how low the situation may be, God is able to deliver. And so God is, number one, he's interested in us. Not only that, but he has invested in us. Because God loves sinners so much that he gave his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. You see, when Jesus died, he became sin for you and for me. That's what he did. He became sin for you and for me. And not only that, but he was judged in our place. So when God looked at you, he said, wait a minute, I want to see my son. When Jesus looked at me, he's going to say, he say son, I, I don't see you, but I see my son. I don't, I don't, I don't see the, 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 the hate. I see my son's love in your life. Because you have allowed him to now enter in. And that which I normally would see, I don't see. Because now I have placed Jesus at the forefront of my life. Now wherever I go, I represent him. Now whatever I do, I let his name speak. Wherever I say, I let his name come out. Whatever I do, I let it be the actions of Christ. Now, therefore, when I move, I move according to the spirit of God. So it's not I, but it is Christ that dwells on the inside. So now my thinking has shifted. Now my attitude has changed. No longer do I want to go to the places that I used to go. Now I want to go where the spirit of God leads me. Let me just help you out along the way because I understand it's not always easy to just let go of your past and cling on to what God has in store for us. Oh, no, it's not easy. But let me help you out along the way just for those that feel like if I could just get in this thing and just get to know Jesus. Let me tell you something. I've been in this thing over 20 years. and Let me help you out. I still have to fight every day. Oh, yeah, there's no amount of days. Well, I've been saved all my life, and it's getting easier and easier and easier. Yeah, it get easy. It get easy in a sense that what I used to do, I don't do anymore, and I don't even think about it anymore. It's easy. But does it mean that temptations and trials and tribulations don't show up? Can I just be real and hit a day, elders? Uh, does it mean that I don't, every now and again, I don't want to lay hands on somebody in an unholy way? Just want to just hold them for a few minutes, just let your hand, just, just about five minutes. Give me five minutes. This is Lynette, you know what I'm talking about. Just about five minutes. That's all I need, about five minutes. Any five minutes, folk out there? <laughs> but I've come to realize, I've come to realize that now I don't think about those things anymore. Does it mean that every now and again I don't want to help somebody along the way? But Jesus said, I'm going to take that away from you. And so now I pray when I, I want to do something. Because see, when Jesus died, he became sin. I don't have to allow that stuff to get in the way of what God is trying to do in my life. So he has great investment in me. Not only that, but he has intentions for me. That's why Paul asked the question in verse 32, the second part. He said, uh, uh, Paul asked, uh, uh, he asked another question. He said, he wants to know that if God would pay this high of a price to save us. You paid a very high price for me. And I don't even like you. Jesus, as a matter of fact, at the time you did this, I wasn't even around. I, and, 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 then, and then when I was around, when I was born, I didn't, I, I didn't want you. I didn't want to have nothing to do with you. Even when I came into the knowledge of who Jesus was, I didn't want to do it. 
Let's just be real in here. Many of us sitting in here, this wasn't your first choice. And I have yet, I have yet, I have yet to hear, uh, and, and I could be wrong, I have been before, uh, uh, but I've yet to hear in third grade when the teacher go around and ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I have yet to hear somebody say, I want to be a, a believer, I want to be a Christian, I want to be a pastor, I, I don't think. Everybody wanted you to be a fireman, a policeman, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, but nobody wants to be a preacher. Nobody wants to be a, a elder. I want to grow up, you know, I have this elder in my church. He is such an awesome, an amazing elder. I want to be an elder when I grow up. You don't hear that. You don't hear nothing as it relates to the church. But Jesus is letting us know that uh, Paul is reminding us here in this passage that he has intentions for us, that God has something for us that is on a whole other, another level. You see, God did not save a single one of us to lose us along the way home. He saved you for a reason. He brought you in here for a reason. And it's not his plan or his purpose to lose any one of us. And so God has intentions for us. Not only that, but his instance, uh, God is concerned about us. His intense concern. Paul asks another question. I want you to know who has the right to say that we are guilty before God. You see, the problem is this. A lost world sees those who claim to know Jesus. They claim to know Jesus. And as they view our lives, they see within us characteristics and traits from our old life of sin. It's hard for them to look beyond that. All I see is your faults. All I see is what you used to do. And not what you do now. That's why it's very important, my family of God, that as we live our life as believers, that every day forward we are making tracks and, and, and steps to let people know who you are. And there is no slip of the tongue. There is no room for a slip of the tongue because that will follow you for a long time. You see, good will follow you uh, uh, for a little time, a, a, a short while. But the bad that you do, you could be 130 years old. And it will show up somewhere in, in the course of your walk. It will show up. But the good that you've done, it, 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 it's good for a moment. But it will, it will quickly fade away. But stuff that you've done in the past will find you every time. And that was one of the things that I prayed to God about. I said, Lord, I've done so much. I've done so much that if the world finds out, if individuals find out that I'm walking with you, that may not be a good thing. He said, let me deal with your past. And that's one thing about God, he's able to cover you. So you don't have to worry about what they are saying about you. You don't have to worry about your past. You don't have to worry about the, what you've done last year or last week. If you would but just trust Jesus. If you would but just trust him and believe that he has it under control. But see, the enemy is going to always show up to remind you of your past. And I've come to learn that when he reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. 
Because sometimes the devil will show up and remind you of stuff that you've done and it will knock you off your game. Jesus said, I've come to do more than that. I've come to give you something that the world can't give. And since the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. But too often we allow the world to manipulate us and to trick us and to deceive us and to forfeit in our own birthrights. God has said, I'm giving you this. This is for you and for you alone. And what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with, with what God has given you? Paul points out uh, 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 that, 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 that no one has the right to try to place anything on our account before the Lord. They don't. But we allow them to do that. We take it on ourselves. Instead of us rebuking the devil and telling him to get somewhere, we receive it. We receive that old stuff. Now, my family of God, I need us to understand as we move forward through this here uh, that we know that God is faithful, that God is a very present help in the time of any storm. So we understand that we are secured by the labor of Christ. What Christ has done on the cross, what Christ has done for us, that Christ has done this to us, what Christ has done in us. He's done it because of his love. And not only are we secure by Christ, but we are secure by the life of Christ. His labor, his life. See, Christ paid the price on the cross. He paid it all. His life. The power he displayed at the tomb, Christ paid it all. His life was not in vain, family of God. We need to walk with that assurance and know that God has paid it all. Jesus laid his life down that we may have life and not just have life, but have it more abundantly. That God was intentional about what he is doing and what he was doing when he walked the dusty streets of Galilee. That God knew exactly that he was planning a, 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 a future, uh, uh, that he was laying the foundation for a people that if we would but just trust in him, we would be able to walk through the valley, we would be able to speak to the mountain, and the mountain will move, that we would be able to stand on his promises if we would but believe that he is able. We would be able to do the exceedingly and abundantly above more than anything that we could think of or imagine. Through Christ that gives us strength. Because God said, I'm giving you everything you need if you would but just trust me. So we understand that God, through Christ, has secured his people through the life of Christ. Because God understands and know that we are flawed. That we are people who are in need. We are needy. We are some needy folk. Uh, and, and we need God every step of the way. That God understand and know that we cannot make it through this pilgrimage without him. That every step we take, it ought to be a step of faith towards the father of the heavens. Every move that we make ought to be a move that will shake mountains. Every step we take, every move we make ought to be one to let the world know that you are somebody in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But it's hard to do that, family of God. We're talking about God's everlasting love. It's hard to do that when we don't believe it. 
said it before in the beginning of this here of our time together that it's one thing to read these words on paper but it's another thing to believe in what you're reading because I know I've been told a lot of things and been called a lot of things and I had to come to the point in my life where I had to learn that I am not defined by what's in a manila envelope on somebody's desk I am. That's, that, that's not who I am. Because see, you want to take my mistakes and make them who I am. That's not who I am. See, you want to take my, my shortcomings and my, and my setbacks and my, and, 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 and my bad decision and make that who I am. But that's not who I am. I'm a child of God. I just didn't, I just wasn't acting like one. And see, that's who we are. Even if you don't realize it, that's who you are. Because the Bible reminds me in Genesis that we were created in his image. In the image of him, he made him male and female. So we are his children. Sometimes we just don't realize that. And those that are in the church, those that have been uh, 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 baptized in the watery grave of baptism, those that have accepted Christ, we've come to an understanding that that's my daddy, that's my father, that I've given my life to Jesus, that I'm walking with Jesus now. But yet, let me help you out. There are those that have not made that decision yet, but at the same time, they're still his children. Yeah, I just want to just let that in there because sometimes it's hard for us to realize that there are people that are still out there on the streets that belong to Jesus. That there are individuals that are in soup lines. There are individuals that are homeless, individuals that are in poverty that are children of Jesus. Children of God. And just if I can just mess with your theology just a little bit, I just want to let you know that there are those that sit in these pews that are not children of God because the reality is the Bible tells us that by their fruits you will know them and there were some individuals that are walking these streets today that have more love in their hearts than there are some folk that come in this church on a regular but at the end of the day it's not about us and see, and that's where we have gotten to the point where we got the, we got the narrative a little shifted, a little twisted, because now we have made it about us. And it's not about us. It's never been about us. But it's always been about Jesus. Always been about Jesus. So let me move on here because I need to understand as we try to bring this thing to a close here that we serve a God that understands us better than we understand ourselves. He continually makes intercessions for us. He always working on our behalf. He's always doing something to draw us closer to him. Everything about Jesus is always about us. Because I'm looking beyond myself, Jesus said. I'm looking beyond what I want and what I need. But I'm looking at my children. I'm looking at, this is what makes my father happy. Giving my life for the human race. This is what's pleasing to the father. So what's pleasing to the father? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go of that will put a smile on Jesus' face? What are you willing to let go of? That will put a smile 
on Jesus' face. And so we understand that, that we are secure through the love of God. God's everlasting love secures us by the labor of Christ. God's amazing love secures us by the life of Christ. And not only that, but God's amazing love, God's everlasting love, it secures us by the love of Christ. God is always working. God is always moving. And Paul moves into this circumstances of the life that causes us problems and troubles. And he tells us that what sin could not and what Satan cannot do. And even the terrible situations of life cannot take away our security. In other words, in this context, the term love of Christ found in verse 35 through 39, refers to our salvation, and it speaks of our special relationship with God. So here it is right here. Verse 35 talks about, 35, 36 talks about uh, 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 his love is enduring. It is written for your sake that we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep. For the slaughter. The first 35 put it like this. It said, we, what shall, who shall separate us from the love of God, uh, from the love of Christ, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or swore. What will you allow to get in between you and your God? Because his love is enduring regardless of what we face. We go through life. Nothing we face is able to come between us and God. That's if you love him. That's if you love him. If you say you love him the way you say you love him, that you will not allow stuff to get in between you and your God. But let's just be real in here this morning, family of God. We allow stuff to get in the way of our love for God. We say we don't, but we really do. Yeah, we do. We do that uh, because we make excuses. We make excuses. We say, well, surely God would be okay if I don't show up today. Surely, surely God would be all right if I don't tithe this week. Surely, surely, surely God would not be upset with me if I don't study my word today. See, we have to understand that his love is enduring, that God always and will always love us. But we sometimes sell him short and cheap. And if I can just, again, be transparent with you, even in the preparing of this message, I'm like, Lord, I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. I need more time. I need, but it's just not enough time. Trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to take care of this, trying to take care of that, trying to keep my mental health intact, amen, because I don't want to get up here and, and I'm losing my mind. Help me, Lord. I want to be in good health when I speak to the people of God. Come on, somebody. I want to be able to take care of myself, and so I like to try to rest and be able to sit back and kick back because you do it. I want to do it too, amen. I know you like to come home from, from, you, know, from um, you know, working all day and you have your chair and you want to sit back in your chair, amen. I don't have a chair, amen, but I do have a house. Come on, somebody. And every day I just want to sit back and relax and chill just a little bit without feeling guilty about sitting back and, re and chilling a little bit. I don't think you know what I'm talking about because, see, I feel guilty sometimes. Sometimes it's like, man, I just feel like I need to be doing something. Say, so, yeah, yeah, sitting down, sitting down. That's doing something. 
You know, you, we've been conditioned and trained all our life that if you're not doing something, then you're not doing nothing. But I just want to help you out today and just switch your theology around and switch your teaching around. That if you're not doing nothing, you're doing something. You know what you're doing? Nothing. So don't feel bad because you're not doing something. It's okay to relax. It's okay to breathe. It's all right. Well, that's why I had to tell myself that was just for me, just so you know. I, I, I said it for you so you can hear me say that because I do. I feel guilty sometimes. I feel like I'm always needing to be doing something. If I'm not calling somebody, if I'm not visiting somebody, if I'm not studying something, I wonder what the church going to think. I need to be doing something. Yeah. Sit down somewhere. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you ain't good to nobody broke up and broke down. Coming up in here tired and all messed up. Sit down somewhere and gain your strength. So that when you stand before the people of God, that you will be able to stand before them with some vigor and some excitement. And be able to say to the world that you serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. So every now and again, I just got to go somewhere and sit down. <laughs> I feel that sit down energy right now. I feel that sit down energy. That's that sit down energy right there. But his love is enabling also, Paul says. Paul moves on to tell us that through these things, uh, that we are overwhelmingly conquerors. You, are, you, are, you, you have so much. Listen, listen, listen. Life will deal you some stuff that will make you question your very existence. But when you understand and know that God will not put no more on you than what you are able to handle, you will be able to see those situations. You'll be able to look at them head on. You'll be able to stand tall with your head held high. And you'll be able to declare to your situation that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. And you'll be able to see some things change right before your very eyes. I've seen it happen. Where at one moment I felt so defeated with my circumstances. I felt so hopeless in my situation. I felt as if it was worthless. But God had to say, listen, son, I've given you everything you need. I need you now to start using it. And so I start calling on his name. I start praying the thunderous prayers, you know, the prayer where the walls began to shake, that prayer where now the foundation began to rattle, that prayer that began to transform the whole air that you, that the, the oxygen in the, air, in, in, in the room. I'm talking about that kind of prayer that when you open your eyes, all you see is a glaze in the room. Because Jesus has just showed up in your midst. And now you understand that even though you feel as if you are inadequate, God said, if you can trust me just enough that I will show you just how important you are. And even in standing before the people of God, I realize that how inadequate I am. But at the same time, Paul reminds us that if we can just trust him when we can't trace him, if we can believe him when believing is unbearable, and if we can just hold on just a little bit, even if we got a hollow, we'll understand and know 
know that God is faithful, that God's love is everlasting, and that he will keep you in the midst of any struggles that you're going through, that if you would but just lean on him. Many times we don't want to lean on him. I'm about to finish this up. We don't want to lean on him. We don't want to trust him. We don't want to let go because of his love. His love is everlasting. Paul closes this chapter by speaking of his confidence in his own security and in that of the redeemed. Paul goes on to tell us that what we have is not a hope so a, 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 a hope uh, so thing. In, in other words, uh, but we can be confident. This isn't just I hope in or I, I, I hope they, no, 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 no. This is a confidence and knowing that he that has begun a good work in me is faithful to see that thing through. I don't have to hope in that Jesus will deliver. I believe he will deliver. I don't hope that he will give me my breakthrough. I believe he's going to give me my breakthrough. I don't just hope that God will show up in my circumstances. I believe, Sister Weaver, that he will show up in my circumstances. I don't just hope, but I believe that God will do more if I can just trust in him. Keep trusting in him. Keep trusting in him. Keep trusting in him. Even when it gets unbearable, keep trusting in him. Because the truth of the matter is, the end result of all this is the blessed assurance that in Jesus we are forever protected and secure. Because what may in life or death be, God said, I have you regardless. Regardless. I have you. Now, I don't know how your story will end, but I know how my story will end. My story will end in the arms of Jesus. My story will end in the, in the clouds of glory. My story will end in a place not made with hands. That's where my story will end. I don't know where your story will end, but my story will end in the arms of Jesus. My arms will, my, my, my story will end in the earth made new. I don't know where your story will end, but my story will end with the new Jerusalem coming down with me being in it. Oh, I wish I had my help right there. My story will end in a place called heaven, called Straight Street. Because what God has done in my life, uh, he said that he is faithful and just to carry it through. Uh, I don't know where your story will end, but my story will end with Jesus uh, as my Savior. My story will end. Knowing that God is able to do above and beyond what I could think of or even imagine. That's how my story will end. I don't know about yours. I can only tell you about mine. But there is another side to this thing. And that side is that when he come, where will you be? When he does come, what will you be doing? I don't know where you will be. And I don't know what you'll be doing, but one thing I do know is that he that shall come will come 
and he will not tarry because God's everlasting love will be able to keep you when you don't want to be kept and it will hold you in those moments when you don't know where when, 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 when you, when you want to be held and it will do all of those things if you would but just let him. That's my God. That's my God. And he tells us every step of the way that if you would just turn it over to me. And I get it, family of God. I get it every day. I'm always reminded of how I did not accept him when he first knocked on the door. And I have to take a pause and realize that just like I didn't accept him, there were those out here that haven't accepted him yet. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you that opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Because here it is. We can come in here all day long. And we can hear the preaching, we can hear the singing, and we can hear the teaching. We can enjoy the fellowship. But what are you going to do when breath leaves your body? When the roll, as they say, is called up yonder? What are you going to do when he asks you that question? What have you done with what I have given you? What have you done with the life that I gave you? What are you going to do, family of God? What are you going to do? So my question has always been and always will be, if there's somebody here and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here is the question. Do you want him? Do you want him in your life? You know, I'm getting to the point now where we have to real, you know, like, Lord, okay, you know, you know playtime is over. Now, I thank God for his patience and his love and his kindness towards us. Because while we want to say, you know, you need to do it right here, right now, and if you don't do it right here, right now, this may be the last time. While there is so much truth in that. The reality is no man knows the day nor the hour, not just when Jesus will come, but when you will leave this earth. So it very well may be you not accept him today, go out there, live a life for another two or three weeks and another month or two, come back here and go back out there and go in and come out and nothing happened. But here's the delusion with that. You can get to the point where you think because you were able to do that on so many occasions that you would be able to do it the next time. And that's when the surprise will hit you. Because the next time is not promised. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to scare nobody into nothing because I know what that's like to be told that if you don't do it today that you may die and go to hell. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. We don't want to scare you into this. We want you to come in here with a clear conscience. Understanding, knowing that you're coming in here because of your love for Jesus. Not the preaching, not the teaching, not the singing. First and foremost, I need Jesus. And all that other stuff is just additives. The singing, the preaching, the teaching, the fellowship. Because you can be in here with the singing, the preaching, and the fellowship. 
But if you were in here without Jesus, you might as well not be in. Jesus says, come on in. Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden. He said, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He said, learn of me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Come on down, sis. Come on down, sis. Come on down, sis. Come on down. Amen. Come on down, sis. Praise God for you. We praise God for you. Come on down, sis. We were on the phone this week. We were on the phone this week. Praise God for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there someone else? Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? We know that God is able to break strongholds. We know that God is able to deliver. We know. <laughs> Amen. We know God is able. And we want to continue to pray for Sister Heather. Amen. We're going to pray for her. Hallelujah. want to pray, but we don't want to close the doors and without making sure that we're giving everyone an opportunity. We have Bible studies that are set up on Mondays. We're doing it on Zoom. We want to encourage you, if you know someone that want to take a Bible study, that you will connect with us, amen, so we can make sure that they get that Zoom link. It's our business about building. We're, we are intentional about building the kingdom of God. Amen. Is there another? Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so thankful, so honored, so privileged to be able to come before you. For you are truly an amazing God. Without you, we are hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. I just want to right now just lift up before you, Sister Heather, right now, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will lay your healing hands upon her. You know her circumstances. You know her situation right now. You know what she's up against. We pray right now, Father, that you will break up the fallow grounds and break the chains that bind. Lord, we spent hours on the phone talking, and we're just asking that you would just heal her, deliver her in the name of Jesus. Deliver her now, Father. Give her that peace that passes all understanding. Show her your love. Lord, show her your love. Lord, we, we, we talk highly of you and we speak of your truth and your, and your ways and we want her to experience you too, God. So we're asking that you would do that for her. Thank you so much for all of those under the sound of my voice, our family that are online. We praise God for them. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let us put our hands together. Let us worship God in this space today. Amen. Let's give God another 
Another amen. Give the pastor amen for that beautiful sermon. God's everlasting love. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame by the blood of the, of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they loved their lives not even to the death. Amen. So we just praise God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord. That Sister Heather gave her heart to you, Father. All heaven is rejoicing. Lord, we're so thankful that the Holy Spirit showed up today. Bless us and keep us by your keeping power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, Lord. 